little brother Nico. That's me. And we're hanging out here, living the life, living La Vida Loca, doing the thing, right here on Nerdthug Radio. That is what we are doing today. And that means oh. you're hanging out with us here on Nerdthug Radio. That's what that means. Yep. After a slight uh, run-in with the law, no, not really. Whoa, uh, whoa. We're finally back. <laughs> we did. We took two weeks off, let little Nico get caught up on his schoolwork, finals, and all of that. Uh, I had to go to Florida for a wedding, so it timed out pretty good for everybody. Yeah, and then you uh, had you like died on us for a minute and came back. That's true. I did. I did. But you know what? Unlike typically, typically when I get sick, I like to curl up in a little bitty ball and die, uh, and then I come back like four days later, rested and ready to go. Mm-hmm. But I like to do zero when I'm sick. Obviously, I mean everybody probably does, but this time I like. I worked, I was actually doing stuff every day the last week and a half. Like, I was booked and scheduled. So, Un- like, unheard of. I know. So, through this entire illness, I, I've had uh, zero days off. Terrible. Yeah. How, yeah. How, will you, how will you ever recover? Truly, truly a moment. Oh, I mean, I might not. Like, this might be the thing. Hey, what <laughs> this, this is it. This is where we hang the gloves up. That's yeah. been real. Listen, I go out fighting, okay? Uh, sinus infection, Corey goes down tough. All right. <laughs> yeah, but not ear infection, Corey. That, that Corey can suck it. Yeah, I just, you know, it was crazy because, like, uh, went to Florida, came back, and I just, you know, I felt, oh man, I'm a little sinusy. I'm a little. <laughs> yeah, we also drove for like 20 hours. So, like, yeah. And I didn't sleep a lot because we were drinking, like, kind of nonstop for like two days. I mean, it's a wedding. What else are you supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Who, like, who, who stays sober and talks to people? I don't know. That's... I mean, I do, but that's because I'm a square. That's true. L7 Weenie, this guy. Uh, that's I, I can count one. I can count how many times I've been drunk on two hands. I can count how many times I've been drunk on any of my hands. I meant, like, total. <laughs> oh, oh. I just thought you'd be just counting in general. I can... I can count for sure. I can yeah. mean get up to a mean eleven. <laughs> I've nailed counting using my hands or not. Like I, I've mastered that. Uh, <laughs> that was such a dad joke thing. I just did it. I don't know why. I'm, I apologize to the universe. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I drove back and felt a little, a little Chewbacca, a little. <sighs> so I, uh, I was trying to take usually. When I have something like that, I can just take the the regular little. There's a particular brand of pills that I like that I buy that will just dry everything up. And yeah. I and after two or three days, there's nothing to drain, nothing goes anywhere. You're just over it, right? Because it dried it all away. It goes to dust. I like that. Well, um, they didn't never work. really they never <laughs> really kicked in. Like didn't work. They would, they would dry me out a little bit, but I was still dealing with stuff, and I was like, man, what is but, uh, eh, eh. but I couldn't lay down and, and curl up and die because I had stuff and people and been working on projects and got things going on and, uh, and it just got worse and worse. And finally Thursday when I was leaving, uh, helping out with the pizza place and I went to leave, I, I, I swung, I literally U-turned and was like, I'm just, I'm going to go to the emergency room. That's, that's it. I just, I, at that point I gave up. I knew I was sick. I'm, I'm sick. 
And so sure enough, they're like, yeah, you've got an ear infection. And then that's not really catchy or anything. So I felt like, all right, well, then I'll just. Just give me the gas on that one. We can hang out. We'll be fine. Yeah, that's basically what I've been doing. Just been taking the pills, doing the thing. Of course, the other thing they say to do is rest. But like, what do they know? What are they? Medical professionals? Get a get a job. It's not just reeling down your face like whatever. What do they know? What are they? The experts? Not in my town. <laughs> not in my house. <laughs> they don't know me. <laughs> Sir, they have all of your medical records. Yeah. They literally you you just answered eighty two questions about your life to them. They've you got a pretty good idea who you are. They don't know me. <laughs> you literally gave them your ID. Yeah, they scanned it at the door. Like, <laughs> they're sure who you are. We'll see. No, we'll see. no. We have seen. They know. It's over. Uh, it's it's definitely, it definitely could be that, be like that sometimes. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> It's a big weekend for pop culture. Uh, yep, huge. Man, I—I I mean, we've missed so much <laughs> just well, in the time we've we been. Yeah, we haven't had time. But like, we keep talking about Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness now. The 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 lid's been lifted. It's time. But bigger than that, this weekend, Top Gun comes out in theaters. Oh um, yeah, Stranger Things debuts on Netflix. Returns to Netflix, I should say. And on Disney Plus, Obi Wan shows up. Man, I have heard so many mixed things about all of those things. Okay, so here's my here's my thing that I think is interesting. I can't think of another franchise or story or or like pop culture thing where mixing the media still counts as like canon. And by that, mean? I mean the story of Obi-Wan that you saw in theaters featuring Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. Okay. They then continued that in animated stuff. Yep. And now. Clone Wars, Rebels, and now it's back in live action. Right. And now this show picks up post three movies and all the animated stuff. Yep. That's really kind of interesting because that means there's a lot more to his character than was ever really there the last time Ewan McGregor actually played Obi-Wan. Yeah, I mean, like, huge. This is basically all of his development because, I mean, we only saw Obi-Wan very... Yeah, like, let's be clear. Yeah, in the movie, there's not a lot of great character stuff in the first three Star Wars movies. They're not great. Of the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, the pre episodes one through three. They're yeah. not very good. They're not well written. Uh, it turns out the stuff that's happening there's super important, but it's really hard to care about it because of how poorly kind of everything winds up happening in the movies. Tell me you don't like Jar Jar Binks or General Grievous. I'm telling you, I didn't like almost anything about any of those movies. The fact that the clone troopers even exist is stupid to me. Now this is pod racing. That's also stupid. The fact that the little kid could fly pods and starships was stupid. The fact that R2-D2 and C-3PO don't immediately recognize Anakin Skywalker and Luke Skywalker and everyone else in these movies is stupid. 
Um, it's just, it's like thing after thing. After they really, thing. they really, they really did open up a lot of plot holes here. Yeah, they just, they just did. Okay. Um, but it's very cool that Ewan McGregor is coming back to play Obi Wan because I think the Star Wars universe is in a better place right now than it was at the end of the prequels. I don't think episode. This is gonna sound so silly. I don't think episode seven, eight, nine were very much better. I don't think they were uh, all that good either. As far as movies go, I know that I know episodes one, two, three, seven, eight, nine all made millions of dollars. I understand that. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of them. I I honestly thought they were bad. Movies. You're not a big fan of anything Star Wars, though. You're you're such a big hater on the Star. No, that's not. Star but that's not like I enjoy the Clone Wars show. I enjoyed. I mean, like the movies. I know you like like the ancillary stuff. But, but most of the like, mainline I, films, you're like, eh. I loved Rogue One. I thought Rogue One was probably one of the best movies that came out that year. I mean, we'd have to look back at what else was out, but I really That'd dug be, Rogue it was One. Like an absolute banger. It's like the worst movie of the year. Rogue One. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be. I mean, it would be hard pressed, but then like you start naming other stuff. Like it's like, oh, John Wick came out. You're like, oh, well, I mean, maybe second best. <laughs> I did that with video games one time. I feel I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was like, I was like, man, I feel like there's like. This year, video games was so good, and we like went over the years around. And I was like, "Man, I was totally wrong. I'm on crack." <laughs> it turns out every year before this one was better. Yeah, was um, like, my bad. My bad. I do like. Yeah, the movies. I this. You know what? And you and we've talked about this a million times on the show. I just I don't care about the Skywalker stuff. The second you say the name Skywalker to me. I am like ninety seven percent less interested in whatever it is you're doing. The eyes begin to roll. Yeah, because there's so much other cool stuff in this universe. The the Boba the book of Boba Fett, the Mandalorian, uh, Ahsoka Tano is about to get her own show. And even though she's Skywalker's Padawan, her journey has been really cool. The idea of like this gray Jedi who rejects both the Jedi Order and the bad guys. By the way, I'm not so sure the Jedi Order isn't another form of the bad guys. Um. You're telling, you're telling me that a council that, that specifically says not to have attachments or emotions is a bad guy? It, it definitely is. Like, the idea that you, you have a whole group of heroes who think that they shouldn't love and care about living things is totally and completely bizarre. They don't, they care about living things. They just can't love things. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that you could be like, yeah, care and acknowledge it, but don't love it. Don't love it. Yeah, I don't know. Especially because these people are like, they're so, the Jedi are so important. Like, re- okay, if you want to go hyper science on it, they should really be like in breeding programs. Like, their job should be every year to make a couple of, like, of children while they're out doing Jedi stuff. Well, I think in some of the extended lore, it kind of is. Well, I, I would imagine after, like, after they reestablish the Jedi, that, like, in the, new eras or whatever and there's so few jedi yeah i imagine they're like hey we need more force sensitive babies can you uh yeah but they also know. appear they also appear like naturally though it's not like it's really stupid by the way what that force sensitive people can appear naturally yeah because they appear naturally then like and then the idea that anakin skywalker came just whole grown out of the force the mother mary of like because he was he was literally he's the chosen one he was literally literally jesus christ but that's not even a joke 
he was I, well he is he's a direct ripoff like story yes i saw a tweet though that really kind of made me laugh and it was like how did the jedi uh, misunderstand balance the force to not equal help the sith and i was like yeah that's a good point <laughs> that's a really good point if uh if when you find him the jedi council is on top helping rule the political helping the political class rule and then the Sith are hiding underground, and this kid is meant to bring balance to the Force. Seems like that means that someone's going to have a downgrade, and someone's going to have an upgrade. Right. And it's like technically not even what they meant about it. I don't know. It's so complicated because of like how they wrote it. <laughs> Again, it was poorly written. Poorly written. But that's okay. That's okay. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I'm excited about Obi-Wan because, first of all, I, I like Ewan McGregor, but I, but I like the idea that even though we know where he ends up, because obviously in episode four, old Obi-Wan is still on Tatooine, stalking Luke Skywalker like a creepy old guy from Family Guy. Well, he's there to protect him because he knows that he's... Sure, protect him. Yeah, that's what he means. Yeah. Yeah, he's right. literally... He's, he's he's trying to be a father figure. It's just... He's definitely he's definitely not watching him through windows and just whistling every time he walks through the city the city halls. <laughs> it's the kid. It's the kid of his of his like I guess he would technically be like a like pseudo grant. What's the age difference between Anakin and Obi-Wan? Uh, only if you know how, what the age difference between Anakin and Padme is, can you answer that question? Uh, it's a big difference. Uh, Man, it's a big difference. Yeah, Padme, Padme was what? Like 18 when she, she well, made she was Anakin? A, at, like, at, at, best, at best, she was 18 when he was 6. She was so a queen. She's 12 years older, if not older than that. So when, when he shows up at 18... 30 some odd year old Padme's like, say son. Now granted, listen, nearly 18 every 18 year old would be okay with that. Uh now nearly every 18 year old's mother would have a problem with that. But that's why Anakin's mom is dead. That's why Yeah, I was that's gonna why. say, what parents does he have to approve? Yeah. They're dead and or non existent. No and no dads to first. high five, but no moms to say don't do it. Right. Uh but yeah, I mean well and so I don't remember if in episode one, Ewan McGregor's got facial hair yet, but I mean, Obi-Wan is a Jedi, like about to be a Jedi, and Anakin's his first Padawan, so even Obi-Wan would be at the most generous 18 to Anakin's six. Well, no, he's not not 18 at that point. He's 18 in the first movie when he's under Qui-Gon Jinn. That's what I'm saying. And at the end of that movie... He basically tells Yoda, I promised Qui-Gon that I would train Anakin. So there's like what? Like a solid like... 12 years. Yeah, like 12 years since then. So he's 30, 35 maybe. When when episode 3 happens? Yeah. Yeah, probably. So at this point he's 40-ish watching, watching uh, the very... That's the other thing. Like the age of these kids is... I don't know. I don't know. But, but like, again, yeah, like he's just watching, like he's just watching his, his you know, he's like a basically Anakin's kid, right? Like a creep, not a creep. He's a father figure. I don't know why you keep making this weird. I don't know like, how he can be a father figure because he's not supposed to. In the movie, 
the farmers tell Luke to stay away from old man Obi-Wan. I don't know, dog. Because <laughs> he's a creep. <laughs> They're like, that Obi-Wan's been sniffing around this farm for 40 years. Because <laughs> he wants to make sure he's okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. And by the way, Ewan McGregor has to turn into an old gray-haired man in the next like 12 years in order for this movie to make sense cuz like he's got a, he's got his rematch with Darth Maul. Well, they just showed the replay or they're showing previews and stuff for Obi-Wan and like there's already a kid running around playing on the farm so he's like at least 4 or 5 which means Obi-Wan <laughs> has like 10 years until episode 4. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing makes sense in this. This is where Star Wars screwed up. Well, it's because they they're trying to make all of these characters within like single generations. It's like when they rebooted DC Comics, but everyone really liked the Batman stuff, so they didn't want to mess with any of it. So they just tried to say that all of DC is only five or six years old, and everything you like about Batman happened in six years, which means he went through like seven Robins in six years. Yeah, like, which doesn't which doesn't make any sense and also doesn't fit with any of their ages. But also it makes them look really incompetent. <laughs> yeah, because it means he got a new Robin like every other year. Yeah. He's no, every Robin year, number he's five got, million. You gotta think there's been four like successful Robins, but then there's also been like two or three others. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like because you so had like six so if DC was only just, when they did the five years later or rebirth, whatever, what fifty two or whatever, they were saying DC was only like five years old. Yeah. So he went through the four good ones, the Nightwing, Red Hood, Tim Drake, and his son, Damian Wayne. Also, spoiler, was a Batgirl. Also, Barbara Gordon. Also, Cassandra Cass. Uh, uh, yeah, Cass. Yeah. Uh, Kane. Uh, and then <laughs> also the stories they did with Signal and Bluebird and all those. Like, he's had like 12 sidekicks in seven years, basically. Yeah, you know, like. <laughs> He's had 12 sidekicks in seven years and somehow still grew up in the 40s. Like, I don't know. <laughs> in some, in somewhere you got to be like, how come the rest of them let him keep getting kids involved in this? <laughs> that also doesn't make any sense because Dick Grayson goes from like a, like a 13-year-old to a 23-year-old in like seven years. Yeah, in his own right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you definitely, but you would also have to wonder like, okay, if in six years, a hypothetical Batman had gotten one sidekick murdered and resurrected and turned into a vigilante murderer itself. One sidekick just straight murdered and another one crippled. And one became a leader of the League of Shadows. And had a kid. Right. You'd have some questions. That would also mean that Batman had Damien when he was like 18. (laughs) I mean, responsible, responsible parenting. It's not taught to the superhero community. Although, if anyone was going to have a kid at eighteen, it'd be an orphan billionaire. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I'm not saying it like logically doesn't make sense. I'm just saying that like you, you would have to have Damien before he was Batman, be Batman for t- like seven years, and then acquire Damien <laughs> like under his wing. Right. More importantly, like I want to see more Justin Bieber esque decisions out of eighteen year old Batman. Yeah, isn't that the entire point of Gotham? Uh, I don't know, I didn't watch it, but I would see clips every once in a while. Like, in Gotham, it appears as though he already knows one day he'll be Batman, and he uses his money as, like, a weapon 
slash tool like to kind of cover for himself. Terrible. It's interesting because like at one point there's something he doesn't want the bad guys to get at an auction. So he just acts like a spoiled brat and way overbids and breaks the auction because he just wants to take it home. That makes sense. It, but it's kind of a neat thing, right? Because if you think about it, like he's saving Gotham, but nobody knows it because they're like, what a spoiled brat he is. Yeah. Can't believe he bought that for such an absorbent amount of money. Right. Like people are bidding like in $100,000 increments. And at one point he just goes, $4 million and one cent. Like he's making a joke of it. And yeah, like, Mr. No. Wayne, you misbid in increments of 100000 He said, $400 million and two cents. And they're like, okay, we get it. Okay. The check will clear. We don't care. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I still still never explain how he got his money or how his money works. What do you mean? Thomas Wayne was an excellent doctor whose father apparently made weapons for World War II. Which would mean that he was not born in the 90s. So he know. would be 25? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, you can attribute some late starting there. Okay, but that means that his parents were like 70 when they died. <laughs> They aged well. Sometimes you forget how old people are. Like Samuel Jackson's got to be like in his seventies. Yeah, but like... he was a pallbearer at Martin Luther King Jr.'s funeral, and he's got like thirty years in acting. Right. No, that's not what I'm saying. Is I'm saying that like, like they would have had to had Bruce at like sixty for him right, to, for them mean, to die when he was thirteen. But that. But I mean that. That's not out of the possibility of what we've seen. It would just mean that they age well. And they're rich. Why not? I guess. It's just never a good just just never a good thing to try and wreck on everything when it comes to aging and like Yeah, I'm, sometimes you just gotta leave some stuff alone, but like they really thought they had a plan. I remember they were so proud of DC was so proud of themselves. They really thought they had a plan. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter. It didn't work, it didn't work out. Yeah, it DC DC just picks and like chooses when they want things to be canon, anyways. Which well, I'm like, there was fine with. <laughs> that's fine if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Well, there was a really telling quote from Dan DiDio, who was the former editor in chief. So he was the guy making the decisions back then, mm-hmm. and he said, uh, "We really Marvel has always really impressed DC with how when Marvel does like line wide." crossovers or events all of the books touch on it and all of the books tell their own story filtered through that event or whatever so like when war and asgard happened every character in marvel the war and asgard affected them but differently like punisher went on a hunt to kill frost giants that had done a bad thing on earth that makes sense like that that that's a cool punisher story in the war on asgard um so there was stuff like that going on so DC was really like, how can we mimic this? The thing is that Marvel's been doing this forever. Like, right. Well, that I was the entirety the of, of the Age of Apocalypse. Well, but this is where the quote gets actually kind of telling. He said, basically, they sat down and kept everybody in line, and they were able to do it for like six months. But by the time it came around for year two of the reboot, so everything still is concise, he said too many things... Had, fallen through the cracks and too many characters and too many they weren't able to keep up with it which basically means marvel does a better job like of details yeah this was like this was dan's own admission like that was kind of that was after they fired up and all that but i mean yeah it was still really telling that he could sit there and be like 
yeah, look, man, like we just they got us beat. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Like we sat down and we we ironed out a great one year plan, and then when year two rolled around, we were exhausted. Right. And that I mean that's kind of telling. I mean they were putting out fifty two books. There's a lot going on, but you do have to have everything kind of you gotta have your ducks in a row, man. Yeah, and like, and like comic books is such a like detail oriented thing, especially with that many characters and books and stories in place. Right, that all play into each other, and like it's just it's a huge undertaking to even begin with. Like that's what people get into comics, and they're like, "Where do I even start?" And they're just everyone's just like, "Pick up graphic novels and just read the stories you like." <laughs> yeah, no, and that is really the way to do it. It's just find the stuff you like, and then don't sweat the small stuff. But you're right, Marvel's always been able to do these big events and really do them well. Like, when Age of Apocalypse came out, none of the creators broke ranks and were like, yeah, it's only four months, don't worry about it. Like, they literally were like, this is the new X-Men, like, I don't know what you're talking about. And They're like, you, what's the Age of Apocalypse? And they're like, you mean the new X-Men? I don't know, Doug. Right. Literally, they replaced every single book in the X-Men line with an Age of Apocalypse counterpart, and for four months, the other creative team, mid-story, walked away from one thing and did a whole other thing. And then when they came back, they picked up the where they left off and carried on. Insane. Like, I couldn't even imagine. Like, imagine being a comic book fan and reading them every week, and then this happens. Like, that's got to be some of the most insane stuff. Like, Well, it was imaginable. definitely crazy at the time, because, like, so Generation X had just started. They were on issue four, and they had just wrapped up their first storyline, four issues. Uh, they had just finished their first story, and on the very last page, the little crystal stuff takes over and erases reality and that's it you don't know what's going on they're like the end question mark and then the next month from those creators was a book called generation next and it had well, colossus on the cover all ward out and all that and you're like oh, God. what's what's going on what's Such that a cool mini series i love it that. really is. it's I'm one really, of the best mini series yeah it's one of the best mini series of every crossover event ever it's probably the best tie-in book, I think, of almost anything I've ever read. It's just so tragic. It's so good. And, and what's more interesting, if you look back at the timing of it for Generation Next, is where it fits in into the history of Generation X, that book. Again, that book was only four issues old. So four issues into a story, they had to come up with a brand new pitch and a brand new idea for basically the same characters. Yeah, and they're wildly different. Right. They don't even, like, line up the same. And you're like, holy smokes. But it was, it was really good. Age, you know, Age of Apocalypse is one of my favorites, so you'll never see me complain about that. That's for sure. Um, We're going to jump out to a break here when we come back. Uh, I heard some news about Top Gun that I think is interesting. We'll get into that. And then, uh, who knows? The world is our oyster. We can do anything. I do have a story to tell you about my $50 haircut, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this is Nerd Thug Radio. We'll be right back. What's up, Night Owls? Corey DLG here. Wanted to make sure you guys know about the weekly schedule of The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more right up there at 525 Woodland Square, Suite 130 in Conroe. Every Monday, they're painting miniatures, and on Tuesday, they're rotating between Digimon or Dragon Ball. On Wednesday, they have Yu-Gi-Oh! On Friday, they do casual Star Wars play of almost every type of game, including Legion and X-Wing Fighter, and of course, Magic the Gathering and Warhammer on Saturdays. Make sure to go to the Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more, where all the nerds hang out. 
All right, nerds, let me tell you guys about a good friend of the show, an 11-year veteran who served in Iraq as a sniper and then became one of the coolest jobs in the world. In 2008, he got licensed to be a private investigator, a bounty hunter. I'm talking about scorpioninvestigations.com. Everything from proof of infidelity to sweeping a home or business for bugs, microphones, cameras, bounty hunting, and even doing some bail bonds work. ScorpionInvestigations.com is who you need to contact for your security needs and background checks. ScorpionInvestigations.com Hey guys, Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio just letting you know that your party is not complete unless you're using the Sincere Smiles Photo booth. Go to SincereSmilesPhoto.com and go ahead and make a reservation there for a photo booth to have at your party. It comes with all kinds of props and fun things. It can print or even make digital photos for you. And most importantly, if you mention the Nerd Thug Radio ad, you get an additional hour for free when making your reservation. SincereSmilesPhoto.com, the photo booth for your party. Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, making sure you guys know about TastyCajunButter.com. All the way from Hebert's Meat Market in the Woodlands, all the way down to the Galleria, and even Linda's Seafood in Baytown or Rose's Seafood in Seabrook, you can get yourself Tasty Cajun Butter almost anywhere. TastyCajunButter.com. Want you to order some right there from the website. It's Tasty Cajun Butter is a creamy, delicious delight for seafood, chicken, or steak. It pairs well with pasta, potatoes, and vegetables. It's great for dipping, injecting, sauteing, or marinating. Make sure to check out TastyCajunButter.com. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. We, of course, are hanging out here, blasting all over the AM frequencies and everywhere else we want to be. This is uh, Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here. This is Corey DLG with me as usual, little brother Nico. It's me. That's you. Hey, hey, wake up, buddy. Don't do it. Is it me? Do it. Is, is that me? Um, we're kind of at an exciting time, pop culturally. Uh, season two of Invincible has got to be coming up. I heard the voice actors are recording. So that's coming up soon. Sweet. We got a hot three years before the next season comes out. <laughs> uh, you in 2025. Academy. I know, right? Umbrella Academy is about to come out. I am really excited about this. <laughs> the Boys is about to come out. Yep. Uh, there's just there's a lot happening. Love, Death, and Robots just released the. Uh, I don't know what we're calling. Is it season three? Is it release three? What are they doing here? What are these structures? Do you know? I think they just called it a season, but I don't know. So anyway, they just released uh, like six new episodes. I watched it. Kind of an underwhelming six. Uh, I, I I really didn't like the last season either. Do you think the first one just started out so great, and now since then it's kind of been like, well, I mean, like it's it's always hard because I think it's you know they're they're short films. It's a collection of short films, and like the first the first season, which I think was eight, had some really really strong stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that one debuted so. I don't know, balls out, like, just... Yeah, but even, but even like, even looking back, I'm like, eh, I only really like, like, three or four from the first season, but season two, I only really like the one of them. You really think you only like three or four of them that first season? Yeah. All right, okay, let me try to do this just for memory, not even looking at an episode list, okay? Okay. There's the one with the civilization in the freezer. Lame, didn't like that one. I, I enjoyed that one, I thought that was cute, I thought it was a neat idea. There's the one where the robots are on tour at the end of the world. That one was funny, but not really, like, anything other than that. Okay, I thought it was funny because they didn't know what cats were. That really got me. 
Casper's uh, humanity died. They 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 figured they they had opposable thumbs, and that's how they were able to destroy the world. Uh, the one where the girl is a is, controls a monster fight. Then it turns out her brain is really in the monster. That one was that one's that one, brilliant. That one's pretty cool. The one where yogurt is over in charge of the planet. That one was good. The one where the guy crashes his ship into space spider psychic lady's prison. Terrifying. Probably one of my favorite ones. Um, And the farmer one? Is that season one? The farmer one. Where they're actually living on Mars shooting the butt like there's mechs. Uh, I think that's season two. Okay. All right. That might be season two. I don't know. Um, but I, I, so that's five off of the first. But even, listen, if they drop eight short films, oh, you know which one? Definitely in season one that I really liked. The one where the girl's living a loop. Yeah, that one was good. So that's six out of the eight that I thought were really great. Oh, you know something even better? That I think that was the creative director behind Into the Spider-Verse. Totally makes sense because I love it. I mean, it, yeah. it, it grabs you. Now, I will say this. Since then, yeah, that's been underwhelming, but I think that's kind of season one's fault because so many were so solid. Yeah, I think it's probably been the case. Because the only right. one I really, I really liked from season two was the one where, um, uh, the 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 one where they're on like the ice planet. And... I don't even remember that one. They're like they're like all modified kids. Oh yeah, yeah, they're like modified Eskimos. Yeah, Inuits, Inuits. Sorry, you're not supposed to say Eskimos anymore. What was that? It is. You say Inuits now. Yeah. Uh, I, I I did see. I, I liked that one. I liked. Wasn't there one about werewolf soldiers? Season that was in two? season. That was season one. Okay, I like that one too. Um. Oh, season two. It had the Japanese demon fox who hunted people for revenge. Nope, season one again. Okay, so I loved everything season one had. I think. Yeah, that was uh, that one was probably that one's amazing. That one's probably one of my favorite ones. Uh, from this last batch, really the only one that really grabs me is this. It's kind of a. I actually got a little emotional watching it. Um, I don't know what it's called. I guess I should look that up out of appreciation. But uh, it's the one where the soldiers like a scout for a little army, and he's mm. deaf, and they come across this pool of water where there's a siren. And she lures the rest of the soldiers to their death by like singing to them, mm-hmm. and they like they go crazy hearing the the music, the noise, and it drives them insane. And so they kill themselves trying to reach her, and they all drown. Yep. But but he's deaf, so while he's freaking out about his friends, the the music doesn't affect him. So mm-hmm. he kind of she sees him and she sees him unaffected, and it scares her but intrigues her. And he's terrified of her, and she kind of re-encounters him and stalks him, and they seem to fall in love. Uh, but actually, it's just for him to get close enough to kill her. Kill her? Oh, no. So he kills her, he thinks, and he, he tries to leave, and uh, she curses him with hearing, and then she screams at him. Oh. Nice. But, like, everything that happens, and then the dance that they're doing, 
They're doing like some sort of modern interpretive dance. A lot of like ballerina moves to it. You can mm-hmm. tell it's telling a story in the dance as well. Uh, but it, it, just, it really kind of resonated pretty powerfully to be CGI and all that. Like it, it really kind of, it gets. Yeah, that's, that's one thing is that the technology that they display in a lot of these is like really impressive. Yeah, they stepped up. They step up their storytelling to do these. It's hard to do short films, though. Yeah, I mean they're always they're always difficult, but even like even from like a technology perspective, like a lot of these are just really like super impressive. Like the spider, uh, the spider psychic lady one from season one, I yeah. couldn't even tell if it was people or CGI for like the first like five whole minutes. Well, and it, if you remember the second one, is Michael B. Jordan CGI'd into the episode, right? Yeah, and I and I was telling you that I think they just mocapped that whole thing. Yeah, it was super impressive. Um, that one was a good one. Yeah, I, I feel like this third little drop didn't have a lot of things that really stuck with me. Uh, the one where there's an alien swarm and it turns out that they are the bad guys, I guess. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting, but even that, meh. Yeah, it's just that season one was just such a foot, just such a such a banger. Like I think that success can be a hard thing to deal with. Like, like they had such a they had such a bomb season one that like all the other ones have been like, well, that was kind of disappointing. Well, like look at look at uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Like the first one was so good and so interesting and so funny and so entertaining, and Johnny Depp was so Jack Sparrow and and Kira Knightley and everybody is so very in it and good. Uh, that they kept bringing back they didn't know what parts to get rid of to keep telling you know what i'm saying like i don't know you tell me you didn't like davy jones Squidbeard. i mean no no that's they kept adding to it but eventually they added so much that it was ridiculous but they also couldn't get rid of anything because it was so good yeah zombie pirates ghosts uh sirens gold but then by the end they're just like what what else can we do like avenger the avengers of pirate movies that's what we're trying to go kind, kind of and then at the very end uh it's it's the kid of uh Keira knightley in um legolas i can't think of his name uh, orlando, orlando bloom. bloom yeah orlando bloom and Keira knightley's character's child is the is one of the main characters in in the in the fifth or sixth pirates, whatever it is, the one with ghost sharks, Pirate Five, because that's the one that Jack's not in. He's not that, in it. No, remember that's the movie that that's the movie that like that's right when the Amber Heard allegations happened. I don't think they made that movie. He's in Pirates Five. He's not in the last one. I'm pretty sure he is. I thought he wasn't. There's one of them that he's not in. No. I don't think they made it because he's not in it. Are you sure? Yeah. I think they were going to retool it and be like, we could always do it without him. But I think he's the only thing that's been in all five movies. I thought, I mean, I could have sworn he wasn't in the last one. No, no. I can do this. Are you ready? Okay. So he's in the first three for sure, right? Obviously. Because he's the first one is the dead man's chest. The next two. Oh no! Is, yeah, there he is. He's in there. Yeah, the next two is with uh, Davy Jones's locker. Yeah. The fourth one is 
the don't tell me the uh the, the pirate the 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 not the city of gold but the fountain of youth fountain of youth yeah so it's Penelope Cruz is in that one and Leandro uh, and Bar and Captain Barbosa is back in that one working for the English Crown nonetheless I've seen all these I'm a fan and then in the fifth one uh. It's Poseidon's trident or something that they're looking for. Dead men tell no tales. Is that what it's called? Yep. That's terrible. Uh, that it's liter- terrible. literally a ghost. I don't know what you want. And Javier Bardem's the bad guy there. Yep. He's ghost, a ghost pirate. Ghost yeah, pirates. Ghost pirate. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I love the idea of ghost pirates. Like, I love it. I, I love don't know so that. Much. No, I don't actually know that I like that. I don't actually know how I feel about I it. love undead pirates. That's the coolest no, thing. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> undead pirates is one thing. I think ghost pirates is a ship too far. Uh, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why I do that. I, I don't just, I, I'm sorry. No one deserves to hear that. That was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have done it. It's okay. <laughs> your, your honor, I plead stupid. Look, you can buy all five Pirates of the Caribbean movies for $51. Yeah, man, I, I love when they just bundle all the movies together for you. Like, sometimes I don't buy franchises because I'm, like, just waiting for the super set. Give me, give me the Marvel Supreme Collection that just it comes in an Infinity Gauntlet. It has every movie in the entire series. So uh, it's three hundred dollars. It's four hundred pounds. Like you, you're laughing, but the DC did something like that for their. It was like their 25th anniversary of the animated library. They mm-hmm. put all 30 animated movies together in one thing, and I'm pretty sure jo- uh, Joey got it as a gift. The captain, Joey Savage. I haven't haven't heard that name in a long time. I know. Uh, well, like, so when Phase Two of Marvel came out, that was basically my Christmas. I was like, "Mom, just buy me the cool Phase Two thing," and it had eight movies, but it was like the whole phase. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was like the whole. Or... Yeah, it was like the whole phase, and it came with like the little the ball from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Phase One. I still I still haven't ever seen it in person. But it's like a shield briefcase with the Tesseract in it, and all the movies are in there. Uh, I mean, I think it's cool to do the little sets like that. There's somewhere, allegedly, Sony is going to release a Spider-Man box set with all eight Speedermans together. Oh, see, that's super cool. That's what I'm talking about. That's my that's my that's my ultimate my new favorite ultimate counterpoint to people who are like. It's just another Marvel movie. It's like, yeah, but then you get like Spider-Man No Way Home, which is literally like an a starting point and an end point for three separate trilogies. Like what? Yeah. Like yeah. there's no way that you could ever convince me that Marvel isn't the sickest thing on the planet when stuff like that happens. Like that is basically unreal and unheard of in any other piece of media or medium. Well, and, and think about this. Um, just kind of the boldness as a studio to embrace the opportunity, right? Like, think about, okay, just wrap your brain around the idea, like, how easy is it if you're Marvel to just make a Spider-Man with Benedict Cumberbatch doing Doctor Strange? Maybe you give Robert Downey Jr. $30 million and he does 
10 minutes as Iron Man. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot of easier things Marvel could have done instead right. of reaching out to Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, Jamie Foxx, um, you know, uh, the Green Goblin, Dr. Octopus, I'm forgetting everybody's names. But to be able to, 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 to call them all up and be like, to be smart enough and bold enough to call them all up and be like, hey, you guys want to do something a little different here? Hey guys, do you want to? Do you want to? It, it's a movie that retroactively makes other movies better, which I don't think has ever been possible before. Right, and like for guys like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, this is a cool thing, right? Because both of their Spider-Man journeys ended in ways where it's so like when Tobey Maguire's when Spider-Man Three came out, right before it came out, there was all this talk of like what's going to be in Spider-Man Four because it just felt very James Bondy. But they were just going to keep making Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Spider-Man Three was so bad that they were like, "Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll take a break." And then Andrew Garfield, after Spider-Man Two comes out, it's the same kind of setting where they're like, "We're now we're universe building like Marvel does. We're going to make a Sinister Six. Spider-Man Three could even feature him fighting the Sinister Six. Like, oh, we're excited about where this is going to go." And then. He, Andrew Garfield, has such a bad relationship with Sony that it ends that Spider-Man story. So for both of them, they shut, they walked out of the room both times thinking there was more ahead. And there and it, was a decade later. And it, and it never happened. And then finally, this chance comes back around. And fortunately for both of them, they're still in a place and in shape and, and, and willing to do these things. Just so, just so sick. I, 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 I like it's moments like that where I'm just like, dang. Although I saw a thing about like how much everybody got paid, and I don't know if these numbers are accurate. But if they are, Marvel it, came out like a bandit. Yeah, because they. I mean, this is one of the. This is what one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Like, well, but okay. So listen to these numbers now. Yeah, I don't know if these are accurate. This is what I saw. I didn't think to research it. But it was intriguing, and now that we're talking about it, it's worth mentioning. Uh, like Willem Dafoe got like six hundred and fifty grand. Uh, Jamie Foxx got like four hundred and fifty grand. Toby and Andrew each got a million, and Tom Holland got like four four and a half million. Now I don't know if there's anything on the back end. I don't know if there's anything on the other side. I don't know about any of the other stuff. But those were the numbers I saw for those people. Yeah. 1.9 billion grossed worldwide. Uh, and then I think I saw Zendaya got like six or ten. Sixth highest grossing movie of all time. Is Zendaya, was she more of a star than Tom Holland when the first of the three Spider-Mans came out? Yeah, definitely. Because she, she's been in, she's been in a few things before. Okay. I, I kind of knew she was a pop star, but I also. Yeah, because she she was she was a she was a Disney girl when she was oh, like fourteen. Okay, that's where it is. Yeah, she was in Disney when she was younger, and then she was yeah she did music, and then she had been in some other stuff, and then this was her like I think this is her first like big movie though. But well, she'd been in the, she'd she, been in the industry for a while. I think she, if I saw it correctly, was making more at least in salary than anyone else on the cast. Yeah, she was definitely the biggest star in the film. When they when they did the very first one, mm-hmm. so she was able. So if you go back to Iron Man one, Terrence Howard was the biggest, most bankable star. 
on that roster, and his pay was like ten times what everybody else was getting in the cast. Which, which was one he, of the reasons they were why like, "Why he really, dies in that movie?" <laughs> well, it's one of the reasons he gets recast. I mean, that's yeah. that, and also every time that guy speaks, I kind of go, "What did he? What is he talking about? What is he saying? What is he? Is he crazy? Am I crazy? Like, which one of us is out of touch here? Like, what's happening?" But then he had his awesome show on Fox Empire. Uh, I, you know, you know what I love, and this is just me. I love every show when they have really good fake soundtracks for stuff. Yep. I don't know why, but TV can make really good fake 30-second songs. So, like, a show like Empire, where there's, like, all these fake songs and pop stars and stuff, I'm always like, that was really good. Like, that's a solid minute and a half of music there. I can really get into that. (laughs) All right, we're going to jump out here. How much time we got left? We got, got like, a five-minute after this one? Yeah. All right, we're going to jump out here. When we come back, we're going to do a little wrap-up segment. You've been listening to Nerd Thug Radio. Attention real estate investors. Have you sold properties using seller financing? Call Sal. Do you collect monthly payments from a mortgage note but want a lump sum cash offer? Call Sal. Do you have a rent-to-own property but want to cash out? Call Sal. We pay cash today for your cash flow assets. If you would like a lump sum offer on your asset, please call Sal. We can present a same-day offer so you can get cash in your hands as quickly as possible. Call Sal at M5X Mortgage Note Solutions now. 619-922-0176. 619-922-0176. Corey DLG here of Nerd Thug Radio. Wanted to let you guys know about Dragon's Lair, Houston North. Right there at 21151 State Highway 249. Houston, Texas, 77070. The Dragon's Lair's got a full range of comics and games as well as comics, graphic novels, manga, and one of Houston's largest selections of board, card, and miniature gaming. That's Dragon's Lair right there at 249 in Luetta Road. Come hang out. Let them know Nerd Thug Radio sent you. Owing money to the IRS is not the end of the world. All is not lost. But it won't go away on its own. Hi, I'm Thelma, a certified tax strategist and the owner of Success Tax Help. The IRS is a special type of creditor who can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank account, and seize all of your assets. The good news is Success Tax Help can help you. Give us a call today. Our number is 832-856-2974. We're a full service tax defense firm with over 60 years of combined IRS experience. Hey everybody, Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio letting you know about Tanks Paintball. It's open every single weekend, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, and they also have a great discounted package for a $20 paintball happy hour. That lets you get standard rental gear and 100 paintballs, all for just $20. Get on out to 22011 Southwest Freeway in Richmond, Texas, or call 281-342-5885. Make sure to go hang out at Tanks Paintball and have an awesome, awesome weekend shooting all of your friends. Hey guys, it's Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, letting you guys know about Dragon's Lair's gaming schedule. Every Monday, they've got Magic the Gathering Commander going on, and on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, they have Dungeons and Dragons. That's what I get down on. Uh, Warhammer on Fridays, as well as Friday Night Magic. Every Friday, as well as monthly tournaments, Dragon's Layers, where nerds go to get their game on. Right there, Luetta and 249. 211-51 State Highway, 249, Houston, Texas, 77070. Nerds Radio hanging out here, blowing out your speakers. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual, his little brother, Nico. That's me. What were you saying? Were you doing something? No. All right, okay. Uh, we are doing our thing here all over the uh, the dial, if you will. We're just we're just all over the dial. 
It's a mess. It's a mess. Uh, this is Nerd Thug Radio. We're hanging out. I want to thank everybody for listening and make sure to remind everybody to check out The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. Go right up there on 1488, right there in Conroe. Hang out with those guys. It's clean, family-friendly, well-lit. It's well worth checking out. Uh, the recorded commercials, as always, tell you different events they got going on. Con season's coming up, so they're going to have tables and booths at different places. Make sure to check that out. It's always worth checking out. Um, so here lately, though, now that we did our, our sponsor thing, make sure we took care of them. They're great people. They really are. They got my comic books there. There's all kinds of fun stuff. Make sure you go check them out. They got game nights and all that and demo games, too. I don't know why I keep coming back to it. I just make sure to help them out. They take care of us. Um, we got a couple minutes here before we got to go. There's a lot of stuff coming up on the horizon I'm excited about. Thor, Love, and Thunder. Yep. This is going to be the fourth Thor movie. Yep. And they're making another Captain America now, but it's going to have the Falcon, and apparently I think the Winter Soldier in it, too. I mean, it makes sense. Also, they're going to do Wakanda Forever's this year. Uh, there's still She-Hulk and Miss Marvel to debut on streaming, as well as The Mandalorian, and uh, I believe Ahsoka Tano's show is scheduled to debut this year. That's Rosario Dawson. Uh, they just announced Charlie Cox re-signed as Daredevil for more Marvel Plus or Disney Plus Marvel D- Daredevil TV show. Man, like it's got to be a little bit frustrating if you look. All right. You're going to be on Marvel. It's like, yay, as a TV actor forever. Oh, uh, No, I don't know about that. I don't think I mind that. Not with the way Disney Plus does stuff. I mean, keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, like, like <laughs> I understand. And, like, it's such it's such a different thing. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because, like, he's been he's been on the he's been like the streaming guy for like seven years now. I think the more unfair thing is he was in peak shape. And then they took three years off. Like, that's unfair to Charlie Cox. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it's part of the job. Yeah, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, like, physically speaking, that's got to be a frustrating thing to be like, okay, now go be Daredevil again. What are you, 32 now? Do it again. (laughs) Do it again. Do it again. Uh, That's got to be harder. But the way that Disney does the shows is a little bit – Netflix definitely felt like a self-contained B-League kind of thing. And they basically presented it as such. Hey, we're going to have our own heroes and they're going to have their own crossover show. And they basically went Avengers on the big screen, Defenders on the little screen. Yeah, poor Defenders. But this show, I mean, on Disney Plus, they've already, I mean, the Disney Plus Marvel shows have been, you know, continuations of movie stars. So, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have their own originals like Moon Knight. True, true, but I mean, first of all, Moon Knight was so well made. I mean, it should have been a movie, right? Like, but if you put it up there and you're like, okay, they just did Loki, they did Captain America and uh, Winter Soldier, they did WandaVision, WandaVision, yep, and then they did Moon Knight, and you're like, yeah, that's pretty, that's a pretty good mix. Like, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Like you'd be, it, it, there's something different about it. It feels okay, especially because you know Miss Marvel is going to be in the Captain Marvel movie already. Yeah, and listen, Oscar Isaac is a movie star. There's no getting around that. 
Yeah, I think the reason they did Moon Knight as a show first is just to break the character in. Oh, yeah, like, sure. There's no way that they that Moon Knight would have worked as an independent film without it being seven hours long. You you doing giving him his own show does him the honor of explaining him correctly. Mm-hmm. Now, when he shows up as Mister Knight or as Moon Knight or as whatever, you now just go, "Oh, that is so cool." Yeah, because he's um, a complicated character that you're not going to have time to explain in two hours. Right, but if you sit around and you watch those episodes, you know exactly who this is. Right, which I do the, think he's going to show up in the Eternals. In should have been a show and not a movie. Uh, it could have been. It could. It could have been. I think they. I think they did a good job with pacing, but they could have made it a show. There was a lot of the story that they they could have added more story. You're right. Uh, but I thought they did a good enough job with how they told that story that it did that it was a movie. Although uh, I do know people who were like, ah, "I've never made it through." Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, especially because there's so many characters you have to introduce, it's hard to. That's hard. That's why it could have been a show. Yeah, I do agree with that part. Uh, all right, so this kind of wraps up another episode of Nerd Thug Radio. As always, thank you guys for listening. Have a great weekend. We're gonna be back here next week. Um, Coming up, there's a lot of important dates that I've got circled here. I've got Comic Palooza. I've got Comic Conroe. Uh, there's stuff coming up. Uh, check the calendar. Check the social media. Check the Facebook pages. Uh, as we confirm more things, that's what, like, I'd love to tell you guys right now exactly where we're going to be. But a lot of these places are a little bit slower to confirm these things. But once we know, you'll know. As always, that's us, Cordy LG, Little Brother Nico. This is Nerd Thug Radio.